This is Weirdly Enough, your regular podcast for strange stories and amazing facts. Delivered straight to your favorite podcast directory and at weirdlyenough.com. Now, here are your hosts, Andy and Len. And another very, very warm welcome to this week's installment of Weirdly Enough. We're going to be talking about the flat earth theories that I am joined uh, in the studio here with Len Johnson. How's things going today? Not too bad. I'm getting closer to Christmas. Oh, it is, yeah. Uh, well into December now. Not long to go. We, we'll have to take a break over Christmas, I think. A couple of a couple of uh, episodes off, perhaps. Oh, yes. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but we've been uh, we've been doing well. Uh, we're getting well in through Series 4. They said it wouldn't last, but of course it did. And there's lots of different ways to find Weirdly Enough. You can go to weirdlyenough.com. That's our website where you'll find out loads and loads of cool stuff uh, about Weirdly Enough. We have all our archive podcasts on there. You can also find us really wherever you get your podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You can ask your smart speaker to play the Weirdly Enough podcast. Or you can find us on YouTube. We're all over everywhere that you could possibly find us. Uh, and uh, we really do appreciate our numbers are getting better and better. Lots and lots of people uh, listening to us. Lots of great comments. And it's wonderful to hear from you all. Uh, so today, as I say, flat earth. And it's one of those kind of ones that while you think about it and you think people that believe in this are idiots, you also think, well, how can you disprove them? How, you know, if you said to me, I believe the Earth is flat, how can I prove that it's not? I suppose with facts and logic. Yeah. But, yeah. But I, one of the ways, um, and I'll, I'll just use this analogy very early on. If you know anything about, like, radio signals, mm. if you have a ship radio or a, a marine radio, is it VHF or something it's called? At sea level. And you're talking to another station, another yeah, yeah, boat yeah. that's at sea level. So you don't have a big mast. You're at sea level. It'll go for 16 miles. Once you get over 16 miles, yeah. the curvature of the earth blocks the signal. But if you have a big mast on your ship or yeah. you're broadcasting to something, a land yeah. station that has a big mast, it'll go much further. You maybe get, you know, 50, 60 more yeah. miles. It's it's line of sight, so it'll go on indefinitely. But once that curvature of the Earth yeah. kicks in, you can't get through that. So that's how, in layman's terms, I kind of explain that it can't be flat. But anyway, let's hear about the theories that have been presented by the flat Earth community. We're probably going to get into all sorts of trouble because they are uh, they don't like. It's a surprisingly controversial yeah, thing. It is very controversial. Yes. Um. Do you ever remember that time? I forget what it was, but there's some flat Earth conference, and famously they 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 said that they were like publicising themselves, and they're just oh, we're inviting delegates from all over the globe, all over the globe, yeah, <laughs> very good, <laughs> and that was a real fact, right? But with things like this, with really outlandish, um, topics and really outlandish theories, so. Some people like, I don't know, Alex Jones and people like that talk about this. It's kind of so outlandish that if you're a conspiracy theorist, you yeah. believe in the flat earth, it's so 
crazy. You might also believe in other conspiracies that perhaps are real, that perhaps yeah. are true. But because you've already discredited yourself so much by saying the world is flat, nobody's going to listen to the other things. So it's kind of like, is it something that's put out there by, what is it, they call shells or something? To, the sacred unknowns. Yeah. Is it put out there? Mm. Disseminated by the sacred, the agents of the sacred unknowns. Flat Earth. Yeah. But anyway, um, Alex Jones has a name for that. What's that? It's about gross. I hope you don't mind me saying it. It caused it the, the, the turd in the punch bowl. Oh, yes. Theory. I've heard the turd in the punch bowl. Yes. Uh-huh. And it's like, if you go to like a summer party, uh-huh. and it's like a hot day, and you think, oh, there's there's a bowl of delicious punch. Yes. Fred punch, very refreshing. Uh-huh. And then you, you go take a drink of Fred punch, and you notice there's a big job in it. it often happens, uh, unfortunately. Just yeah. a, a big just floater. Just the kind of parties I go to, yeah. Uh, just, just, just a big floater. And the thing is, it doesn't matter how delicious... <laughs> and wholesome the Fred Punch is because there's a big job in it. Yeah. It's you gonna put off your enjoyment of it somewhere. Well you're not gonna want to you're not gonna want to drink the punch. So I think his analogy is in the world of conspiracy, his, he's trying to disseminate the delicious Fred Punch. Yes. Uh-huh. And get you to drink some delicious Fred Punch. But the problem is when people go on about flat earth, it's like a it's like a big job in the punch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh but anyway, right, I'm gonna start straight off. With some controversy. Okay. Not like you. Done a wee bit of research. Well, I say a wee, like, let write a wee bit of research <laughs> due to the constraints of time. Like, you know. <laughs> Wrote it on the back of a fag packet. That's, that's really is. The, 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 uh, wait, we, 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 we should just rename this the back of a fag packet podcast. <laughs> because a lot of it is, like, I was let write sort of, I was working on ideas yesterday yeah. in the pub. Okay. Whilst I was waiting for some people to come down. Uh-huh. So we are talking back of the fog pocket. I've often come to meet you in a cafe and you're sitting with your phone out. Like, yeah, typing yeah. down ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I suppose it depends how you look at it. I mean, you know, it's, you know, that's kind of a good idea to do it. Mm. Always be on the move, always mm. be gathering ideas, like, you know, always be noting stuff down. But anyway, um, where was I? Yes, controversial bit of information. You see the flat earth theory? Okay, yeah. It's completely uh-huh. modern. Yes. Uh-huh. It's not like some sort of ancient idea. No. Uh-huh. Which is something I didn't realise. Um, well, we're talking in the last, what, 10 years? Yeah. It? yeah. It's, a, it's a completely modern idea. Over recent years, there's been something of a resurgence of the idea that the earth is flat, mainly fueled by a lot of online conspiracy, especially on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and nowadays, TikTok and all that sort of thing. And this uh, week's Weird Line Off will be taking a deep dive into the surprisingly modern origins of these bizarre ideas. Contrary to popular belief, the acceptance of the spiral earth was not proved by Columbus when he sailed to America. That's like popular myth. Right, okay. Um, just the way it's a popular myth that he discovered America. Because there was loads of people from Europe went yeah, over there before uh-huh. him. There was that guy from Iceland. If you're yes. in Iceland, there's big statues and things. Yeah. Larson or... I like, might be an author, I don't know. I'm but. thinking Leif, Leif Erikson, maybe? Yeah, one of those okay, guys, yeah. yeah. And then th- th- there's a scale of thought that um, some Welsh nobleman actually sailed over there in medieval times as well. There's a tribe in... Um, th- there was supposed to be a tribe of Native Americans that spoke Welsh. The Mandans. And Griff, the singer Griff Race has a whole album about this, which is strange. I don't, I don't know if it's real, though. Yeah, and then, uh, then some people think that it was like an Irish saint, St. Brandon, 
sort of during the dark ages, kind of paddled his way over in a little cargo. Yeah. And like converted some of the guys and then came back. But we did have a podcast about like did the dark ages actually happen, didn't we? Yeah, so exactly. Maybe yeah, yeah. Sam Brown wasn't there in his cargo after all. But interestingly enough, or weirdly enough, weirdly enough, I should say the ancient Greeks had established that the earth was not in fact flat. Uh, modern flat earth belief has its roots in the thinking of an English writer called Samuel Robotham. In the 1840s, he brought out a book called Earth Not a Globe, and this proposed that the earth is a flat disk with the North Pole at its centre. Oh. The sun and moon are 3,000 miles above the earth, and space is just over 3,000 miles above the earth. Okay. Uh, and this period, was, it was a lot of kind of flat earth proponents coming to prominence. There's a guy, 1898, an explorer called Joshua Slocum, was doing a solo circumnavigation of the world. We bumped into some Boer flat earthers in South Africa. Right, yeah. Um, he presented them with a pamphlet, which they said would prove that the earth was flat. Uh, the president of the Transvaal Republic, a guy called Paul Kruger, concurred, believing Mr. Slocum's trip to be a logical impossibility. Yeah. I'll not do the accent. Okay. But uh, he says... He- I think you're allowed to do... Um- uh, bore South African accents. One of the ones you're allowed to do, right? Because he, they, because of you know. Can I attempt it for the crack? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> you, you don't mean round the world. It's impossible. You mean in the world? Impossible. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, That's yeah. like your your woman from from um, crazy people or eccentrics or lunatics. Uh, lunatics. That's the one. Yeah. Right, this is going well so far. <laughs> um, in nineteen fifty six, Samuel Shandon created the International Flat Earth Research Society, running it as organizing secretary from his home in Dover. Okay. When the Russians launched the Sputnik satellite, he said, "Would sailing around the Isle of Wight prove that it was spherical? It's just the same for these satellites." I um, I remember asking a flat earther, I knew a flat earther, and then I said. What are satellites then? Because you can see them. You can see the International Space Station if you know what time to look and where to look in the sky. You can see it like nearly every night over the winter at certain times. And he, oh, they are hot air balloons with lights on them that are put there to fool you. I said, that's an awful <sighs> lot of fucking nonsense, isn't it? To, to have to go to the effort of doing that. It's, it's the sheer exhausting effort. I yeah. mean, I think, was this guy having a laugh or was he like serious about the whole flat earth? You know him as well, I'm not right. saying the name, but okay. um, yeah, I'll tell you after. Yes, yeah, okay. Um, now, Shandon aimed to reach children before they believed in the sparkle earth. So he needed to kind of get, get the minds uh-huh. of the earth before they got poisoned by globalism, <laughs> or globes. Um, when satellite images showed earth as a spare, he remarked, it's easy to see how a photograph like that could fill the untrained eye. Later, when asked about similar photograph taken by astronauts, he attributed the curvature to the use of a wide-angle lens, adding it's the deception of the public, and it isn't right. Now, when he died in 1971, a guy called Charles K. Johnson from California inherited his library from his wife and became president of the International Flat Earth Research Society of America, uh, which grew to about nearly 4,000 members. Mm-hmm. In a 1980 article in Science Digest magazine, he outlined his ideas. The idea of a spinning globe is only a conspiracy of error that Moses, Columbus, and FDR all thought. Oh, right. So, he's alleging that Franklin Delano Roosevelt was a flat earther. 
Which I knew about, but he tried to cover it up. Apparently so, yeah. He says, if if it's a spare, the surface of a large body of water must be curved. The Johnsons have checked the surfaces of Lake Tahoe and the Salton Sea without detecting any curvature. Uh, To publicise his ideas, he brought out a number of publications, the most famous of which was a tabloid newspaper, which came out every quarter. We all know there, for the truth. Oh, I... The Flat Earth News was sent out to members who paid annual dues of 6 to $10 a year. Uh, this expanded the fear that humanity lies in, lives in a disk, with the North Pole at the centre and the outer edge, encircling the Flat Earth as a vast wall of ice, 150 feet high, where Antarctica is. Right. So you yeah. go to like what you think is the South Pole, it's just a big wall of ice. Yeah, and you can't get past it. You then. can't get past it, yeah. Right. A key piece of evidence of this is the symbol of the United Nations. Um, and he argues that this is the sacred unknowns. Okay. Hiding the truth from plain sight. <laughs> of course, they um, do, yeah. In this version of a flat earth, the sun and the moon are only 32 miles in diameter. So he's actually saying the sun's only, like, a lot smaller than what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the movement went into decline after a fire that's house destroyed all the records and the numbers. Um, now we get to the internet edge, which is so right. Yeah, you can see the United Nations logo there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's often cited as, as evidence for it. Flat earth, okay. In 2004, the society was resurrected in the Internet Edge when a Daniel Shanton created a web-based discussion forum. Right. And it was officially relaunched in October um, 2009. Yeah. Um, a website was created which curated a collection of flat earth literature and a wiki. Um, a recruitment drive began. And do you know who the first official member was? Right. Hey. Um, 1980s synth-pop artist Thomas Dolby. Oh, right. Okay. Randomly. Um and by 2017, 500 people were fully paid up members. Yeah. Um, YouTuber um, Logan Paul. I hate Logan Paul. No. Is he the boxing guy? He's, or is it Jake Paul? No, I, I think it's Jake Paul. Logan Are they Paul's related? Us. I God knows. Um, <sighs> he, he released a satirical documentary in 2019, Flat Earth to the Edge and Back. Um, and they've established a presence on the socials with a Twitter account at Flat Earth Org. Um, now, there's an interesting case of Canadian Flat Earth. Um, the Flat Earth Society of Canada was set up in 1970 by a philosopher called Leo Ferrari, yeah. a writer, Raymond Fraser, and a poet called Alden Nolan. So it was quite an intellectual mm. thing. These guys call themselves Plano Terrestrialists. Try saying that after a few. Plano Terrestrialists. Okay, Pla- yeah. Pla- Plano Terrestrialists. And they were quite different from the other flat earth societies. Yeah. Their take was that the problem with the modern edge was that folk relied too much on blind faith and reject the evidence of their own senses. Um, Ferrari thought that everything from gender to racial inequality could be blamed on the allegiance to the model of the sparkle earth. Right. Okay. So all, all wrongs in society yeah. were essentially to be blamed on, um, the, the global earth. Yeah. Uh-huh. The sparkle earth. After a period of hiatus in the 1990s, the flat earth society of Canada was restarted as a multimedia art project by Kay Burns, and it was based in the Flat Earth Outpost Cafe in Newfoundland, and Kay set up an installation called the Museum of the Flat Earth, so right. it's kind of like a multimedia kind of like art project. Um, it lays a mad hotbed of Flat Earth, apparently, for, for some reason. Um, there's a thriving subculture in Italy, um, and you get characters like a guy called Agostino Ferrari, or Favari, in 2019, organised several meetings in Palermo, Sicily, with an entry charge of 20 euros. Mm. 
Uh, and he's got some bizarre claims. That's what you were talking about, McKimmy Manor, and he doesn't charge anything. He needs to listen to that oh, guy. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, like, you know. 20 euros. Um, he says that NASA is like an outer space Disneyland, with <laughs> astronauts and the guys at ground control all being played by actors. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, and he says you can prove the flat earth yourself, like now, by filling up a bottle of water. If you place the bottle horizontally, the water never curves. I'm just I'm dumbfounded I, I, I just don't understand what I, it's coming to but there you go I, I say this is the thing you know it does it, it, of, of all the conspiracies it's the most uh, if you had a bottle of water that was 2,000 miles long yeah you might see a curvature in it. I, I don't think this guy was the old GCSA science, to be honest. There's different factions in Flat Earth. Um, there's one that subscribes to Faith based conflict, uh, where atheists are using the science to suppress Christians. Um, the second faction believes that the sacred unknowns are conspiring to suppress the truth. Uh-huh. And the third faction believes that the best way to acquire knowledge is by lived experience. So they don't, they're like basically. Teachers leave them kids alone. Oh, you know, yeah. you need to kind of like learn yourself about everything. Like yeah. you know, uh-huh. um, there's a documentary in 2018 called "Behind the Curve," and it follows prominent flat earthers, including Mark Sargent and Patricia Stair, yeah, as well as astrophysicists and psychologists who attempt to explain the growing fad. Um, Dr. Joe Pierre, a professor of psychiatry, uh, blamed the Dunning Kruger effect, in which people that know very little think of themselves as experts. Which is a topic we've often talked about. Um, we're stupid people who think they're smart. Mm-hmm. Um, also, misunderstandings of simple observation, pseudo-scientific practices, which fail to separate reliable from unreliable conclusions, and a divergence from reality that starts with a belief that conventional information sources and the government are to be trusted. So you start off questioning some things, and it kind of just snowballs. Yeah. Uh-huh. Until you, you know, you start off questioning, you know, details of history. Okay. Like the Kennedy assassination or something like that. And that just sort of snowballs into like mm-hmm. questioning, you know, all reality basically. Um, yeah. There's a guy, um, just to finish, because we're sort of, it's quite a big topic, but I'll just have a look. There's a guy called Mike Hughes that came to quite a tragic end. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a daredevil and a flat earth conspiracy theorist, and he used a home built crude rocket. A home built, so he got into the rocket himself, yeah? Built it himself, got into it himself, and he, he, on the 24th of March 2018, he attempted to find out for himself if the yeah. earth was flat. So his rocket was made of scrap metal. And it was the cost twenty thousand dollars, and using a mobile home as a custom launch pad, he managed to climb nearly two thousand feet mm. with Hughes inside, and he ended with a hard landing, but with parachutes successfully deploying. Um, he was not seriously injured and retained his staunch flat Earth beliefs. He claimed that the real evidence would come with larger rockets. Uh, unfortunately, he was killed in February twenty twenty. While he was piloting a flight of a steam-powered rocket, guess it was a COVID, but no. In a further attempt to prove the Earth was flat, yeah, uh, the accident was thought to have been caused by an early deployment and separation of the return parachute and the vehicle. The rocket impacted after falling from an altitude of several hundred feet, and he sadly killed instantly. So it came to a bit of a, a tragic end. Rocket man. Really, you know? Yeah. The, the fan of... There you are. There you have it. Flat Earth. Do you believe it? Do you not? Podcast at weirdlyenough.com. Tell us your theories. We'd love to hear. You can also get in touch with us. 
If you find us on social media, uh, do stay tuned. We've got our Weirdly Enough uh, Weird Shorts coming up in just a few seconds. This is a funny one here. A giant skeletal hand has been found on a Brazilian beach. The couple who found it, Letitia Gomez uh, Santiago uh, and then Veneer Souza, uh, fear that it could be the remains of an alien. It's this big, if you see the photograph of it, it's this big hand. Right. The find was made while the couple took a stroll on a beach uh, in San Paulo and they took photos to show the eerie remains. Local residents surmised the remains might have been a large animal, but one joked it looked like E.T.'s hand, while another said it looked like a mermaid's hand. <laughs> I think mermaids would have quite small hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small hands. But a marine biologist had a look at it, and he came to a more logical conclusion, stating that it belonged to uh, a Cretacean, I hope I'm saying that right. An aquatic mammal, like a like a whale or a dolphin. Uh, he went on to say it's probably a dolphin because they're commonly found there. Yeah. So if you actually look at, you know, I don't know if you go to the Natural History Museum or if you look at uh, skeletons of yeah. marine mammals and stuff, they're they're very similar to us. They have hands, yeah, even yeah. though they're like flippers, but they they have fingers. We evolved, evolved from kind of like things like that, didn't we? Well, that's what Charles Darwin yeah, yeah, would say. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it was all created in six days. And then on the seventh day, they rested. Well, I think God had a massive drinking session. <laughs> <on the seventh laughs> day, but they don't say that. That's the thing, you know, I'm a, I'm a church-going Christian, and they're very, very opposed to having a little drink. I don't see the problem. Just have a little drink. Nothing wrong. Nothing sure, wrong. The, the JC not... Um, Turn water into wine. It would have turned water into a nice, cool lager if, yeah, if yeah. that had been available back then, or an IPA. Enough said. They did have they did have the big beard and everything. I would I would have thought maybe a real eel man. Yeah. No, he would have enjoyed a real eel back in the day. Or a carling. Uh, anyway, running a marathon is an ordeal for even the most highly trained athletes, but one runner in China has taken a bit more of a cavalier approach to his exercise regime, and it seems to be paying off, judging by the fact that he can compete a marathon in under three and a half hours. Not Carling. Carling's too gassy. Yeah, that's very yeah. gassy. Uh, Shen Banjiang, I think his name is, uh, who was simply known as Uncle Shen, finished the Yang Yun. Marathon in Jiandai, China, uh, while chain smoking throughout the entire event. So he's having a smoke. Do you like my Chinese pronunciation there? Very impressive. Absolutely no idea if I'm saying it right. I don't think I am, but it sounds great. Changchang province in Changchang. Anyway, Chan uh, gained fame after photos of him smoking throughout the race appeared on social, uh, on the Chinese social media platform Weibo. Uh, which left onlookers in disbelief. Commentators on the platform condemned the granddad's actions, saying that smoking should be banned from the race because it affects others, uh, other competitors. Uh, he has a record for competing marathons while smoking. He first ran the 2018 Gunzung uh, Marathon in 2018. Of course he did. Uh, <laughs> Finishing <laughs> an impressive three hours thirty six, but he managed to meet his time, beat his time the next year, finishing the Yamen uh, twenty nineteen marathon four minutes faster. So right. he just runs along smoking. Why not? If that's what gets him there. I like this. Every man needs a hobby, whether it's train spotting, fishing, sports. I like Microsoft Flight Simulator. That's my thing at the moment. That's my hobby. 
Um, <coughs> excuse me. But, but for some, it can become an obsession. Perhaps that's what's happened for German national Alexander Smoljanovic. Smoljanovic. <coughs> excuse me. Here's a rather bizarre collection. No, we're not going to see some tasteless, obsessive collection uh, like on Euro Trash back in the 80s. Do you remember that, Euro Trash? Yeah, it was, I was thinking that of, of, of that the other day. Oh, look, Anton! We have a collection of willies. A- Anton de Clun. And do, do you remember they used to, like, do little segments about people? And they dub it, but they dub it with, like, original accent. <laughs> yeah. So you'd have, like, some, like, German, <laughs> German porn swingers, store or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And oh, they'd, be, they'd have, like, a really broad, like, Scottish accent or something <laughs> like that. Uh, this guy's passion is collecting wheelie bins. He's collected over 100 full-size wheelie bins. However, he's become increasingly frustrated in efforts to complete his collection. Alexander is searching for a rare purple Sulo 240-litre bin that can only be found in the UK. So if you know of one, do get in touch with him. He's gone as far as contacting a local paper in Buckinghamshire where he used to live 15 years ago. He told Bucks Free Press that he's got miniatures and full-size bins from all over the world, including France... I've lost my uh, uh, my thing here, including France, Germany, USA, and UK. Bins come in all different colours, including gold, silver, and even transparent. I want a transparent wheelie bin, uh, but he wants the elusive purple wheelie bin to complete his collection. Alexander feels his passion for bin collecting has a historic importance with some of the models in his collection being out of production for over 20 years. Right. They are. It's their own, I suppose. I know, I know. Uh, and a 55-year-old woman from Massachusetts is being uh, is accused of using a swarm of bees as a dangerous weapon after she unleashed a hive of the insects on deputies who were serving an eviction <laughs> notice. Rory Woods, uh, thanks for the tip, has arrived at the home in Longmeadow while officers from the Sheriff Department were serving the notice. Uh, the residence was inhabited by a man who was fighting eviction for years and had gathered support from anti-eviction activists, including this professional beekeeper. Arriving at the property in an SUV towing a trailer with a number of beehives attached, Woods proceeded to open the lid uh, of the containers and release the bees. The bees swarmed the area, stinging several officers and bystanders, and one deputy was uh, had to go to hospital. She now faces four felony charges, including assault and battery by means of a dangerous weapon. Local press reports that Woods pleaded not guilty to all charges. Release the bees. Release the bees. Yes, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back again next week with some more Weirdly Enough. Until then, do have fun. Thanks for listening to Weirdly Enough. Remember to subscribe to get the latest edition as soon as it drops. And don't forget to leave a review. Email us about anything we've discussed or with your own weird tale at podcast at weirdlyenough.com.